Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm excited about tonight and what the Lord wants to do. Um, my, my lovely wife, Stephanie, she sends her love to you. And uh, we live in the Pacific Northwest. And our ministry is called Compassion to Action. And I was the outreach director at Bethel Church in Reading for many years. I was there for 18 years and met my beautiful wife. Um, actually, at one of the outreaches that we are doing, we are handing out backpacks to kids that are less fortunate. And Stephanie, um, she came to the event to help out and volunteer. And I was shaking hands of different volunteers, and I shook her hand, and she blushed. And um, I, I said, wow, I think I'm going to get to know this one after the meeting. And, uh, and so um, I, uh, after the, the outreach was over, and, you know, two weeks afterwards, um, I asked her out on a date. And, uh, and then two weeks after that, I gave her a ring. And uh, it was a promise ring. Okay, hold on just a second. <laughs> It's a promise ring. I, protect, I, I promise three things. Protect her heart, protect her purity, and to be a man of prayer for the leading, guiding of the relationship. And then, and then it was, um, yeah, thank you, Jesus, right? And then six months later, we got engaged, and then four months later, we got married. And we have two, two beautiful little girls. We have an eight-year-old. Her name is Brielle. And then we have a two-year-old um, that her name is Jubilee, and I am 45, and we're still thinking about having more kids. And so you can pray for me to, um, you know, my wife is younger than me. You can pray for me to, to get more healthy. Amen. And uh, I, uh, I used to weigh 400 pounds, and um, God changed my life, and, um, but I'm, I'm still on the journey of transformation and, you know, I was healed of dyslexia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some things tonight. I'm going to share stories tonight that I put in the book. And, and um, I won't have time to share all the stories. But um, I really, I wanted to pray for some people tonight before I even jump into the message. I know the Holy Spirit's going to encounter people. But if you want to write books um, and you've been feeling this desire to write books, there, there is an anointing that God's placed on my life to pray for people and, uh, and see something get activated inside of them to write books. And if that's you, I want you to quickly stand to your feet right now. Just quickly stand to your feet, okay? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray right now, just what you did with me, it was grace. Grace touched me. Lord, I'm asking right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you begin to give downloads to individuals, outlines. Lord, let them see it, Lord. Father, I pray that they would begin to reverse engineer their book. Lord, I pray that you would begin to give them their target audience. 
Lord, I pray, God, from Bethel, Cleveland, that there would be many authors that would come forth from this place, Lord. God, I pray a blessing on each and every one of them, Lord. We pray blessing upon them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let your anointing just rest upon them right now. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in their life and through their life, Lord. Have your way. Kingdom of God, come, Lord. Have your way. This lady right here, um, jean jacket on, yeah, um, just, just put your hand on your heart. I, I just sense the Holy Spirit doing something inside right now. Lord, I just thank you, God, for this woman and what you're doing in her. I thank you, God, for her journey. I thank you, God, for her story. And I thank you, God, for the message that is being formed inside of her to get out. And Lord, I thank you for your anointing that you're going to release, Lord, through her. And Lord, I pray right now for healing to come through this book, Lord, that she's going to write, Lord. I pray for ladies' lives to be changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, that as she writes this book, Lord, let lives be changed and transformed by the power of God. We pray for that right now. Let it come, Lord. Let the, let the outline come, Lord. Let her target come, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the fire of God rest upon her. And even right now, I just sense the presence of the Lord upon your back. I sense the healing presence of God, the presence of the Lord. And Lord, we just thank you, God, for what you're doing in her life. And we bless her, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I feel like the Lord is saying right now, get ready. God's getting ready to do something powerful in your life. Just in the last three months, it's been like this, this tug of war thing. But I just sense in the spirit something is breaking over your life right now and there is a breakthrough upon you and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you can feel that on your feet right now but I feel fire upon you. I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fire on your feet. Fire in you. Fire through you and God's getting ready to do something inside of you that you never thought would take place and he's going to take you places that you never thought that you would go and I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you God for what you're doing. We pray blessing upon her in Jesus' holy name. This woman right here, just go ahead and put your hand in your abdomen. Yeah, just go ahead and put your hand on your abdomen. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, what you're doing in her heart, God. We pray a blessing over her. We pray strength in her whole physical body right now. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit come upon her. Let strength come upon her right now. Lord, we thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' holy name, let strength come upon her in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as I looked at you, I, I felt something. And sometimes I can feel things when I look look at people, but it's not necessarily for the person. It's corporately. Does that make sense? You can look at someone and then boom, it just opens up and you just feel something in the atmosphere. As I looked at you, what I sensed is forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. And I believe that there's some people here that there has been things that have happened to you and you've just been holding on to it. And I felt like the Lord said tonight that he is going to help people forgive. Does this make sense? And so I um, the Holy Spirit is highlighting people right now that, that things have been uh, done to you and you've just been holding on to it. But God's going to help you right now forgive. If you know you need to forgive someone, just raise your hand right now. You just need to forgive someone. Just raise your hand, okay? This is what I want you to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray with you a simple prayer, okay? I want you to pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. And I forgive them. And I want you to name the person's name right now or the names that come to your mind. And just say, I forgive them for everything they did to me and everything they haven't done for me. And I break the chains of unforgiveness and torment. And I release them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Thank you that just as you've forgiven me, I forgive them. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Praise God. Did you just feel something lift off of you as you begin to forgive? If you felt something lift off of you, just wave your hand at me. You just felt something lift off of you. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else, you just felt something just lift off of you as you begin to forgive. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's pray and let's, let's get started. Amen. Holy Spirit, you're already here. I ask that you would uh, literally touch down in a powerful way tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that, that lives would be forever changed by the power of your spirit tonight and that you would, uh, that you would, literally, you would literally mark people tonight, that people would, um, they would look back on this night and say, that's when God touched my life and where everything changed. I pray for that, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. I'm going to take my jacket off here. Thank you, Evan. You know, as I flew into Columbus, I, um, I went to go get my rental car, and, um, and I was so tired. And as I, as I went to go to the counter to get my, my car for my reservation, uh, the gentleman behind the counter said, well, you don't have a reservation. And I said, no, but I, I do. Here's my, here's my confirmation uh, number here. And um, he says, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but this was actually for the 30th. Um, it's, uh, it's coming up on the 30th. I said, you're kidding me. He said, no. I said, well, is there a car that you have available? Can you just rent me a car? He says, I, I'm really sorry. We don't have anything available. I said, no, 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 you're, you're kidding me, right? And, and he says, no, I'm not kidding you. And I said, okay. And uh, he said, there, you may want to try over here. They may have a car for you. And so I go over there and then, and they said, no, we don't have any cars available for you. And you may want to try upstairs. So I go upstairs and I'm looking for a car and I'm looking around and everything's closed. And so I go back downstairs and I, and I talk to um, an individual uh, at another location and, um, and I said, hey, I really need a car. Is there any way that you can get me a car? He says, no, I, I can't. I'm so sorry. I said, could you, could you just talk to the manager and, and see if they would uh, grant me favor to be able to have a car? I said something like that. I said, could you just call the manager? And so he, uh, he calls and then they have a conversation. And uh, um, I see this lady behind the counter. And the manager's in the back, and this gentleman's talking to the manager. And all of a sudden, I, I feel in my heart that the Lord wants to touch this woman's life. And I said, by any chance, is there any pain in your body? And she's, she said she had a headache, like a migraine all day. And I said, I want to pray for you. The Lord wants to heal you. So I, I go over there, and, I, and I, I lay my hands on her, and I pray for her. And, uh, and she looked at me, her eyes lit up, and she was like, oh, my gosh. It's, it's lifting off of me. I said, Jesus loves you so much. And, and as soon as I, yeah, praise the Lord. As soon as, as, soon as I got done praying, um, the gentleman walks out and says, okay, we'll give him a car. And, uh, and so I got a car. And so uh, that's my entry here into this wonderful area. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, um, I learned a valuable lesson. And it's this, uh, never book your car when you are tired. 
Never book your car when you are tired. You know, tonight I'm going to share some things that is about the heart of worship. And, um, and as I share tonight, I'm going to be really honest and transparent with you. And, um, you know, God can often use our brokenness to really help people around us. Amen. You know, in 2015, my wife had postpartum depression. And she, she suffered with uh, postpartum depression. Uh, she was suicidal. And here I was, the outreach pastor at Bethel Church. And I had prayed for thousands of people and saw thousands of people get healed. But my wife is not getting better. And I was devastated. And my wife said she wanted to move to the Pacific Northwest. And I, I didn't want to move to the Pacific Northwest. There was nothing there for me. And, uh, and, I, and I would tell my wife, I would say, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. And I remember one day coming home from the office and my wife was in the kitchen. She was struggling. And, um, and I went into our room and I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening, but I trust you and I surrender. Up to that point, Paul Manwaring, uh, some of you are familiar with Paul Manwaring. Paul Manwaring and I had a conversation, one of the uh, senior leaders at, at uh, Bethel Reading. And um, Paul said to me, Chris, you know what you need to do. And I said, I know, but I'm afraid. You see, you have to understand that sometimes when God asks us to do things, we may be afraid. But our surrender to him attracts heaven. I said, Paul, but I'm afraid. So here I am in, in our bedroom, and my, my hands are lifted up to the Lord. And I said, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. I trust you. And as I lifted my hands to the Lord, the Lord showed me I had idols in my life. You never want God to show you you have an idol in your life. But God showed me I had an idol in my life. The idol in my life was ministry. It was what I built, what I was a part of, my associations. And the Lord showed me the reason why it was so hard to let go is because there was an idol in my life, and it was ministry. And as I knelt down, and I lifted my hands to the Lord, and I said, God, I trust you, and I surrender, and I trust, and I'm just letting go. And in that moment, I felt God's peace, and I said, God, if I have to work a nine-to-five job to take care of my family, that's what I'll do. So we begin to process. I talked to Bill, talked to Chris, talked to the senior team, and, and as I surrender... My wife gets better. She got completely better, but everything is already now in alignment where we're transitioning. We're moving to the Northwest. And then I'm invited to go to Stockholm, Sweden to speak at a stadium seating event called Awakening Europe. And while I'm there, on a Saturday morning, I, I see a strong vision and it's God moving through the Northwest and across America. I saw a new era of evangelism on the rise. 
in 2016. I saw God moving across America. I saw a new wave of evangelism. I saw, I saw stadium events. I saw pioneering events. And it was like I was overwhelmed with the, the prayers of the saints in the Northwest. And I said to the Lord, God, it seems just like you that you would cause, you would see if there was a surrender in my heart before you ever showed me a vision. You would see where my heart was at. It was around that time that we began to establish our ministry called Compassion to Action. And we moved to the, the Portland area. God gave me a vision to have a gathering where we train and equip people and send people out by the thousands. That event took place in 2018, and we saw around 7,500 people come out. It was a, an evangelistic equipping training event, and we mobilized 5,000 people on the streets on a particular Saturday. And I remember the Lord speaking to me, and he, he was reminding me, Chris, this is worship. Your heart that is yielded and when you yield to me is worship. And then he begins to show me that every time I've obeyed the Lord, that is worship to him. I want to encourage you that every time you obey God and it doesn't make sense to in the natural, that becomes worship that captures his heart. Your simple yes every single day when the Lord speaks to you to do something that captures heaven's attention. I remember as a young man at 21 years old, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Chris, I want you to put a Christian t-shirt on. I said, I don't want to. I was wrestling with the Lord. I still wanted control because I was afraid. How many people has ever dealt with that before? It's like, you still want control because you're afraid. And I was, I was trying to convince God, like, God, can't you ask me to do something else than then put a Christian t-shirt on? I remember putting that Christian t-shirt on and shaking inside as I went into Walmart. And my fear was if someone stopped me and asked me about my shirt, I would have to give an explanation about my shirt. So I walk into Walmart, I'm shaking inside. I'm afraid that I'm going to see someone from my old high school. Sure enough, five minutes later, I do. And it's what I needed. They said, hey, Chris, how, how, how's things going? And I, and I said, well, things are going well. And, and then he says, oh, nice shirt. And I knew that I could just say, well, you know, it's just a shirt. Or I could tell him how Jesus has changed my life. I told him how Jesus changed my life. And he said, oh, good for you. He gives me the thumbs up and he walks away. And I feel the pleasure of God over me. I literally felt like somebody had been raised from the dead. I didn't even pray for this gentleman. I didn't preach the gospel to him. I didn't give him a prophetic word. All I did was simply obey Jesus and put a Christian t-shirt on. And that became worship to Jesus. When we look in the Bible, we see that Abraham is the very first person 
to mention worship. And we're going we're gonna to dive into this just a little bit. But I want to share just a few different testimonies about worship. I was, in, um, I was scheduled to have a meeting. And while I was scheduled to have a meeting at this restaurant called Red Robin, I was, uh, I was praying. I said, Lord, I don't want to just have a meeting to have a meeting. I want, I want you to show up in a powerful way. And so I was scheduled to have the meeting the next day. And, and I said, Lord, have your way. And all of a sudden, I had this impression in my heart. Whoever waits on you is going to have a stomach issue. You're going to lay your hands upon them and they're going to get healed. So our waitress comes and gets our order. And I tell the gentleman that I'm meeting with that, the Lord spoke to me last night. This is what's getting ready to happen. And he's excited. And we get our food. And after we eat our food, she brings the bill to me. And uh, I get ready to pay. And I say, this is, this is going to sound really strange, but I pray. And the Lord speaks to me. Last night I was praying. And I said, Lord, what do you want to do? And the Lord said to me that whoever waited on me would have a stomach problem and that I would lay my hands upon them and the Lord would heal them. I said, do you have a problem in your stomach? And she says, yes, I do. I said, God has sent me here to lay my hands on you and to command all the pain to leave you. So I laid my hands upon her. The power of the Lord comes upon her. She is shaking inside. She's starting to weep and cry as the power of the Lord comes upon her. And there, her coworkers walk by and it's like, everything okay? She's like, yeah, everything's fine. She was 100% healed by the power of the Lord Jesus. She had that condition for years. I met with Evan. And Maddie, shortly later, it was, uh, I think it was maybe a few months later or maybe a year later, at a different restaurant. And, um, and the waitress comes over and she says, do you remember me? She's working two jobs. I said, do you remember me? I said, I said yes, I do. I prayed for your stomach. She says, it's a miracle. The pain has never come back. I'm completely healed. Now, I share that testimony to lead into some other things that I want to, to share with you tonight. I believe that every one of us are designed to hear the voice of God. I believe that every one of us are, are called to capture heaven's attention. And how we do that is by our simplicity of worship and our simple obedience. The Bible talks about our heart and the condition of our heart to remain soft. Christ lives inside of us and Christ wants to come out of us. In the condition of our heart, we're able to be either sensitive to the Holy Spirit or numb to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus talks about worship, which we're going to see here in just a moment, Jesus doesn't look for a space or a place. He looks for the yieldedness of a heart. And when he finds a heart that is sensitive, and when he finds somebody that says, Lord, here I am, whatever you want me to do, God will do his miracles and his wonders through them. I believe that you're a people at Bethel, Cleveland, that is sensitive to the voice of God. 
I believe that you are a people that God is raising up in this midst to hear his voice and to respond to his voice quickly. You know, quick obedience is the best obedience. I was at a, um, a church and the pastor began to, um, he took me to the hotel to check me in. And, and as I went into the hotel lobby, I felt the Holy Spirit showed me some things about the lady behind the counter and I began to share and I asked her if she knew what it meant to be born again and she said no and I began to explain to her what it means to be born again and she surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. The pastor afterwards, he said, Chris, it's very interesting that you, you felt something, you had, you had this feeling about her to share this and to minister to her. I saw the same person more than one time, but I didn't feel that. And he began to go on and tell me it's because he was in a hurry. Something happens when we're able to watch over our hearts and slow down. There was a pastor in South Africa. His name was Pastor Surprise. And he said to me, Chris, and I'll never forget this because it taught me something. He said, Chris, many people have watches, but they don't have the time. And when he said that, I felt something hit me in my heart. Have you ever felt someone say when someone said something like, oh, my gosh, that could be me. And and I've realized that over the years that worship and obedience are directly connected. I want you to, to look at this verse in Genesis chapter 22. Verse five, it says this, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, the Lord speaks to Abraham and says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you obeyed my voice. I remember being in Redding, California, for the leaders advance just recently about a year and a half ago and the worship had just been taking place i mean jen johnson was singing and there was all kinds of amazing pastors and leaders around me and as the worship came on jen was singing this song i want to be where you are and the lord spoke to me he said chris if you want to be where i'm at then you must leave right now and he says, I want you to go to 273. It's a street in Redding, California, because there's somebody I want you to pray for. Now, a religious mindset would say, no, I have to stay in the presence of God because God is here. But somehow, some way in that invitation, God was saying, I'm not just in the four walls of the church. I'm outside of the church as well. And somehow, some way, I don't know why he would interrupt my worship service to tell me to go to street 273. But it was so clear. He interrupted me. And so I'm driving and I'm thinking to myself, God, this, this is the conference. Like leaders from all over the world are, are here. This is amazing. So I drive to 273 and I see this gentleman on the side of the road on 273. And the Lord says, I want you to speak to him. He's got a hoodie on. So I pull over. I said, hey, excuse me. I was at church tonight. And the Lord spoke to me. He said to leave while I was in worship. 
And he said that I was supposed to come down here and lay my hands on someone and pray for them. I said, can I pray for you? And he said, well, what's your name? I said, my name is Chris Overstreet. He said, prove it to me. He said, show me your ID. I've never had anyone ask me for their ID before when I've ministered to someone. Now, some of you guys know my, my testimony. I got saved when I was in jail when I was 18 years old. I've had police officers ask me for my ID, but I've never had anyone on the street ask me for my ID. I give him my ID. I said, see, it's me. He said, this is crazy. Before you pray for me, I've got to tell you something. He said, 15 years ago, I was raised in this town. And 15 years ago, my house was raided. My mom and my dad were drug dealers. I was taken out of the house. I was put into foster care. And my foster grandma told me that one day you will meet Chris Overstreet and Chris Overstreet will help you. Ten days prior to me meeting Gerald, Gerald was at a house, trap house. There's drug addiction there, prostitution there. And at 3 a.m. in the morning, he leaves the trap house and he's walking down this bridge and he says, God, you hate me. Look at my life. Look what I've been through. You hate me. God, if you really love me, then where is that Chris Overstreet that my grandma would talk about? If you really love me, then why don't you speak to Chris Overstreet and you tell him exactly where I am at. Send him directly to me. I lay my hands on him. The power of God comes upon him. He's laid under the power of the Lord on my hood and he, and he surrenders his life to the Lord. Demons come out of him. Power of God comes upon him. He's touched by God. And the Lord showed me and we started this relationship, this discipleship relationship. The Lord showed me that if I would have stayed there when God is speaking, you see, you've got to understand when God speaks, and we respond, and that is a fragrance of worship to him. I could have had my hands held high, singing all the right songs, and everyone around me would say, wow, Chris is worshiping as well. But God went anew deep down inside, and I went anew deep down inside. I am not worshiping God. I am in rebellion to God. Because I knew that God was saying, Chris, leave right now. I could have fooled so many people, but I would have not been fooling him. And we see here in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5, that Abraham said to his young men, stay here with me, the donkey, the lad and I will yonder in worship and we'll come back to you. Our worship is directly connected to our serving Jesus and obeying him. I love the expression of worship that we see in a corporate gathering like this because God moves. But what I've been seeing in the scriptures is been radically changing everything inside of me that worship is not just something that we do inside of a church building, but worship is something that is our whole heart and our whole life yielded to him, that whatever he says to do, that we quickly obey, and that becomes a fragrance unto him. Abraham was called to go to a land that he didn't know nothing about, but God said, that is worship. That is a yieldedness in his heart. 
Satan seeks to distort each and every one of our worship, just like he wanted to distort Jesus's worship. Jesus connects worship with how we serve him. Let's look at Matthew chapter four, verse nine. Satan is speaking to Jesus and he said, and he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus' response says in Matthew 4, 10, he says, and then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, for you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Somehow Jesus makes the connection with worshiping him and worshiping God is connected with our service. Jesus meets a woman at the well and in John 4, 20, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, she says this to Jesus, our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that, that Jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what worship, we, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And I've been on this journey where the Lord has been testing my heart. Testing the motives of my heart. Testing the genuineness of my yieldedness of my heart. I was in a church in Georgia, and while I was in Georgia, and I don't know why he's done this, I think it's a message to the church. I don't know why this is happening to me. All I could say is it's a prophetic message to the church. I'm getting ready to preach, and as I'm getting ready to preach in Georgia, the Lord says to me, he says, I want you to leave right now. I want you to go to that apartment complex because there is someone that needs a miracle in their body. I want you to lay your hands upon them and release healing. I tell the associate pastor, I said, I feel like God is asking me to leave right now. And they're like, what? You're supposed to be preaching. I said, I feel like I'm supposed to leave right now. I feel like the Lord is saying that there's someone that needs a miracle in their body. And the Lord began to speak to me. He says, Chris, I, it was like he was saying, Chris, I want to test you. I don't want you to just preach about it. I want you to live it. And it was like he was placing me on this thing of like a test. Would, would my reputation be more important than my simple obedience to the Lord? So I said, I have to go. So I go and I knock on, a, and I take one of the pastors with me. I, I knock on a, a few doors and I say, hey, by any chance, do you have any pain in your body? I was at the church. I'm getting ready to preach. And, and uh, I felt like the Lord said that there was someone that needed a, a miracle in the body. And they would say, no. I went to two people. The third door that I went to, I knocked on the door and I said, excuse me, ma'am. I know this might sound really strange. I was at a church. I'm getting ready to preach. I'm a guest speaker. And the Lord spoke to me that I, that I needed to leave because there was someone that needed a miracle in their body. She said, I was just praying that God would heal my body. I am in excruciating pain. I said, well, the Lord has sent me here to lay my hands upon you and to command all the pain to leave you. I laid my hands upon her. The power of God came upon her and she was instantly healed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ.
And the Lord somehow says, Chris, this is a part of worship. Somehow, some way, he speaks to me and he says, Chris, I want more than just your words. I want your heart. I remember years ago, I was getting ready to go to a trip to South Africa. I had two crusades planned in South Africa this summer. This is when I was a young man and the Lord said to me, Chris, I want you in a dream. He said, I want you to go to Weaverville. In the dream, I saw Bill and I, in the early days, I would travel with Bill a lot. And Bill would say, Chris, you want to share a testimony? Come on up and share a testimony. And I would, I would share a testimony. As I was at this trip with Bill and and that night, I, I had a dream that I was going to Weaverville. And I woke up and I told the guys around me, they said, guys, I had a nightmare last night. I need your covering. I need you to pray for me. He said, what's going on? Guys, I had a dream that I moved to Weaverville. Weaverville is a small little town. The following night, I went to bed. A few, a few nights later, I went to bed and I said, Lord, if this is you, please give me a strong desire. Show me it's you. I'll cancel my trips and I'll follow you. Two trips planned to South Africa. He said, cancel them. Go to Weaverville. I go to Weaverville. I end up at a restaurant. I'm a young man at the time doing an internship with Steve Backlund. And I end up working at this restaurant called LaGrange. And while I'm at the restaurant, I'm washing dishes. And I found myself complaining as I'm doing these dishes. And I said, Lord, I could be doing crusades right now. I could be in South Africa doing crusades. But why am I up here on this mountain? This is what the Lord said. He said, I have taken you to the mountaintop. And while you've been washing the dishes, I've been washing areas in your heart that don't belong there anymore out. And he said, in order for you to do any more effective outreach, I've sent you up on the mountain to do an inreach inside of you. Somehow, he said, that was worship. To be on the mountaintop, shut everything else out. And say, Lord, here I am. I yield to you. I trust you. Here I am. In just a moment, we're going to pray. And I know the Holy Spirit is going to touch people's lives. Because I know the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about certain things. Anytime we obey the Lord, that becomes worship to him. And becomes a fragrance to him. Abraham was the first person to mention worship. And worship had nothing to do with the sound. That came out of his mouth. Although that is wonderful. And there's a place for that. And it's needed. And it's valued. But there was a sound. That came out of his heart. There was, a, there was a yieldedness that said, yes, Lord, the very thing that I love the most in the natural, 
I love you even more, and I trust you, God. And this is worship. Samuel was called to anoint a king because the children of Israel wanted people to rule over them. And we're going to pray in just a moment. And Samuel anointed Saul, and you, may, you know the story. And Saul, he, um, he had the fear of man syndrome on his life. And he chose to fear people instead of obey the voice of the Lord. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 15, it says, however, this is Samuel talking to Saul. It says, however, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel, this is the Lord speaking. Sorry, I got the wrong verse. I'm going to read this one. First Samuel 8, 19. It says, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we will have a king over us. Something that I feel like the Lord is saying is he just wants to tenderize our hearts. That we feel what he feels and we quickly respond to what he's saying to do. And tonight, I know God's going to touch lives. I know he's going to heal people. I know he's going to encounter people. But before I show this video, and then we're going to pray for some people, I just wonder if God is asking you to do something. That's very difficult for you to do right now. Maybe it's something that he's been speaking to you about for, for a bit. And it's been hard to let go. I want to tell you from what we see in the word of God that anytime someone obeyed God, it not only blessed their life, but it blessed other people around them. I look at my family right now and I'm amazed at what God has done in our lives. I'm amazed at what the Lord did when I yielded my heart and my life and I surrendered everything to him, everything to him at the altar. My ministries, my dreams, everything, and God gave me even more than what I thought was going to take place. The Lord said to me a few years ago, Chris, did you have the ability to gather the hundreds of leaders in the Northwest? The hundreds of pastors in the Northwest in three weeks? I said, no, I don't have that ability. He said, Chris, do you have the ability to raise thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars for the vision that I gave you? I said, no, that's not my ability. And he began to talk to me and he said, Chris, whatever I tell you to do, if you obey me, I will do the miracles. And I want to say that there was miracles here tonight. 
There are things that God has placed in your heart and he is calling you to do that no one else is called to do, only you. And as you quickly obey him and you say yes to the Lord, watch the hand of God come over you and the angelic realm open up around you and miracles begin to happen all around you. There's a couple young people that saw this woman in a wheelchair and they knew the will of God. And they were worshiping Jesus by responding to the will of God and obeying the will of God. And, and Jesus gave us a commandment. He gave us a commandment first to love him with all of our heart and then to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbors? These young individuals saw this woman as their neighbor. But the neighbor was afflicted with sickness. Neighbor was afflicted with a disease for 12 years in a wheelchair. But somehow, some way, when they stepped out, that became a fragrance of worship and the power of God touched down. Our worship is directly connected to his love towards us. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Holy Spirit wants to touch people's lives. I feel something wonderful is going to happen here. I know God wants to heal people. Some of us tonight, you're going to feel the Father's love over you. That's going to connect to heart, to heart. To say, Lord, I just want to worship you. I want to do anything and everything you tell me to do. As the keys begin to play in the background. If you have any pain in your body right now, I want you to just lift your hands right now. The healing presence of God is, is here.
Some of you, you just feel the presence of the Lord just pressing down on you. You just literally feel this tangible presence just, just resting upon you right now. If you just if you just feel that, you just want to just get on your face, just go ahead and just get on your face. So just, Jesus, have your way. that literally need the Father's embrace right now. You know, there's other people that just need a divine miracle in their body, Lord. There's other people, Lord, that need the word of the Lord to come, Lord, to quicken their spirit, man, Lord. So they just have your way. You know the needs. Some of you have been carrying pain that the Father is just taking it out of you. I could just, I literally just feel the Father's heart just taking pain out of people's hearts right now. Just literally healing it and taking it out of your soul.
Some of you just realize you've been in the driver's seat. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm moving over to the passenger seat. May his grace come upon you. there are some people who are here that you've literally felt like giving up but the Lord brought you here tonight because he is he's releasing you into a new season there is a fresh oil that is coming on people tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit fresh vision that God has given to people. The guy in the back on the soundboard, the Spirit of God, the one with your hands up, the Spirit of God is just resting upon you right now. I see, I see the heart of God for you, and I see the embrace of heaven over you. And Father, I just thank you, God, for, for what you're doing in this man's life. Lord, we pray you bless him, Lord. young lady that's got the white vest on I just I just feel the heart of God for you I feel like the Lord wants you to know he's for you he's with you I just feel like three things keep dreaming big God dreams keep praying big God prayers and begin to plan like you believe because he's getting ready to surprise you Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com slash give.